Let's go to the Word of God as we're going to continue with our series through the New Testament book of Ephesians. If you've been with us, you know this final section of the book has as its subject spiritual warfare. Sooner or later, every Christian, I think, if they're really serious about their faith, discovers that the Christian life is a battleground, not a playground. And that they face an enemy who is much stronger than they are apart from the Lord. The enemy is the devil, and the key to overcoming him is learning how to be strong in the Lord. Would you tell somebody around you, you need to learn how to be strong in the Lord? Listen, while you and I are no match for the devil, here's the good news. The devil is no match for Jesus. That's why 1 John chapter 4, verse 4 tells us, greater is he, talking about Christ, that is in you as a Christian, than he, talking about the devil, who is in the world. The key to being victorious when it comes to the spiritual battle is to be strong in the Lord, and you do that by living out your identity in Christ. That's what the spiritual armor that the Apostle Paul talks about in Ephesians chapter 6 is all about. That's, that's what it is. It's learning how to put on your identity in Christ. Now, let's go ahead and read what Paul has to say. Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, because all that's true, you got to put on the full armor of God. So when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the spirit and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Well, we've already talked about the first three pieces of the spiritual armor. We've already talked about about the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness and the shoes of the gospel of peace. Today, our attention is going to turn to the shield of faith. And to help you learn how you can take it up and get it in place in your life to protect you against the schemes of the devil, what I want to do is I want to talk to you about three things this morning. Those three things are this. I want to talk to you about the definition of faith, the necessity of faith, and the strengtheners of faith. So let's start by talking about the definition of faith. You know, I I think that faith is one of the most misinterpreted, misused, misdefined, and abused terms that you'll find in Christianity today. And because that's so, what I need to do is I need to start by helping you get an accurate understanding of what biblical faith really is. Listen, you will never be able to get your shield of faith in place in your life if you don't get this down. It all starts with the definition of faith. Now, as I help you understand what it is, let's go back to our verse. It says, in addition to all this, take up the shield of, what is it? Faith. Faith. Let's start with that word faith there. 
In the original Greek language of the text, it's the word pistis. And here's what it means. To place your total trust and reliance on something. To rest your full weight on something. Now, I want to take you to a, a couple of very important passages of Scripture, two of them in the New Testament, one in the Old Testament, that will help you get a good definition and understanding of what we're talking about here when we talk about the shield of faith. Let's start in the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Now, I want you to notice that word assurance in the text. That word in the original Greek means to stand under an agreement or promise. Yes. So you could literally read this verse, and let me, I, I kind of put it together a little different for you. Now, faith is the confidence and what we hope for when it comes to the agreement or promise about what we do not see. Yes. Now, the question is, well, the agreement or promise with who? Are you ready for this? God. Here's the definition of biblical faith that you need to get down. Biblical faith is standing firm on the promises of God. Okay? You've got to understand a few things. Faith is not wishful thinking. A lot of people think that's what faith is. I just cross my fingers, hope really hard, I'm going to be okay. Listen, faith is not faith in faith. I mention that because for a lot of Christians, there's, uh, this is where they go wrong. Well, if I just have more faith, I can get anything to happen. If I could just have more faith, then it's all going to be okay. And there's been this unhealthy teaching, and there's good principles that have been taking to an extreme that says, well, listen, Jesus said if you just have enough, a little bit of faith like a mustard seed, mountains could be moved. Read it in context. If you have just a little faith in the promises of God, God can move mountains for you. Listen, faith is not about you making happen if you just believe hard enough. And, 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 and I'm not saying there's not times we don't need to have faith, but listen to me. There are some things that you can believe until the cows come home. But if it's not God's will for your life, it's not going to happen. Let me give you another one. Faith is not blind. It's not like just faith. Faith always has something that is putting its faith in. And that something is God. Biblical faith is about standing firm with confidence in the promises of God, on the Word of God. And, and I want to re read further here in Hebrews chapter 11, is it goes on to give us examples of people from the Old Testament who were standing in faith on the promises of God that God gave to them. Look at this, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. It says, by faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. Remember that story? God says, this is how I want you to honor me with your giving. And if you remember, Abel gave out of his first fruits and Cain gave out of his leftovers. You remember that? And look what it says. By faith, talking about Abel, he was commended as righteous, righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. How many of you know you can leave a legacy of faith? Yes. Now watch verse 5. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. What a wonderful thing. He just walked into the presence of God one day. 
He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And here's the famous verse. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. You understand what it means to earnestly seek him? We're talking about those who stand firm on the promises of God. Those who walk in the direction that God has called them to walk in. Verse 7, here comes the famous one we all know about, right? By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. Verse 11, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance. What did he do? He obeyed and went. Now, I love this part. Even though he did not know where he was going. I got news for you. That's a lot of faith. I don't get it, God. I don't understand it. But I'm going to trust you anyway because you know what you're doing. That was Abraham. So I want you you to wrap your mind around this. And you can read the rest of Hebrews chapter 11 on your own. It goes person after person from the Old Testament talking about how the, you know, it's, it's like God's hall of fame for people who walked by faith in the Old Testament. So think about this. By faith, Abel gave God an acceptable offering. By faith, Enoch so pleased the Lord that he just walked into his presence one day. By faith, Noah built an ark. By faith, Abraham obeyed and went even though he didn't know where he was going. So here's what I want you to understand. Biblical faith involves feet. It involves obedience. Walking out the promises of God, standing firm on them. See, the problem with a lot of us is we just want to sit on the promises of God. You're going to lose the spiritual battle on your butt. You've got to be standing to win the spiritual battle. Okay? It involves obedience. It involves standing firm. Listen, I think a lot of people think, well, if I just believe in God, I'm all good. Listen, that's not nearly enough. That's a starting point, but that's not nearly enough to be victorious against the devil's evil schemes in your life. There are lots of Christians who believe in God. They believe he is real. They believe in heaven and hell. They believe the Bible is the word of God, yet they still lose when it comes to the spiritual battle. And why is that? Because faith never gets from their head to their feet and they never walk it out. I want you to see this, James chapter 2, verse 18. James says, show me your faith without deeds. Let me give you the translation for this morning. Show me your faith without feet. And I will show you my faith with my deeds. You believe that there is one God? Good. Wonderful. Way to go. Even the demons believe that and shudder. Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his what? Actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. True biblical faith. The type of faith that pleases God. The type of faith that will protect you from the flaming arrows of the devil involves trusting God with your feet. Your feet have to be planted on the right path if it's going to be able to protect you from the flaming arrows 
that the devil wants to hurl at you. You see, biblical faith is about putting your full weight on the promises of God. I ran into a story this week uh, about a Scottish missionary named John Patton, 1800s, early 1900s, most of, most of it at the 1800s. But he, he went when he was a missionary in the South Sea Islands just off the coast of Australia in the Pacific Ocean. And when he got there, he ended up leading a, a, a whole group of people, islanders, to salvation in Jesus. But what he, went, what he, what he did is he went and he, he was trying to translate their, the, the Bible into their native language. And when he was doing that, what he found was there had no word in their native language for faith. And it stumped him for weeks and weeks and weeks until one day he was in his house working on this project and one of the natives walked in and threw himself on the chair and it said, it's so good to put my full weight down. And that's when it clicked in his mind. That's what faith is. And that's how he translated it in their version of the Bible. Faith is putting your full weight on God. Listen, that is what biblical faith is. Now, let me take you to an Old Testament passage now of Scripture that I think gives us the best definition of faith that you're going to find anywhere in the battle, especially when it comes to the spiritual battle. You know it well. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, right? Watch this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Now, if that's going to happen, if you're going to do that, don't stop reading. This is, this is where the bookmarks end and the, in the, in the T-shirt printings end. Look at verse 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Otherwise, don't think that you know better than God. Instead, watch this, fear the Lord and shun evil. And what's going to be the result of that? Look at verse 8. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Do you understand what the idea there is? It's going to benefit you. And it will help you, especially when it comes to the spiritual battle. Now, to help you understand why, let's go to point number two this morning. Let's talk about the necessity of faith. We, we got the definition down now. It's putting your full weight on God. Let's talk about the necessity of faith. Why is this so important when it comes to the spiritual battle? Well, let's go back to our text this morning, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16. Once again, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Now, I want you to notice that word shield in the text. There is a particular type of shield that Paul's referring to here. The word shield there in the Greek is thureos. Everybody say thureos. And here's what it is. It's a door-shaped shield. Now, what, now, the Roman soldiers would actually have two shields, two different types of shields that they would often fight with. There was the small round shield. It was about two feet in diameter and it kind of looked like a Frisbee, and it would go on the forearm. It would be strapped to the forearm, and then the soldier would fight with his sword in the other hand. So that's one type of shield that they would use. Then there was the thureos. This is the shield that Paul's talking about here in verse 16 when it comes to the shield of faith. And what it was, it was, it was a huge two-and-a-half-foot by four-and-a-half-foot shield. Go ahead and go forward there. 
give you a picture of it here. So this was a big shield. It was, it was door-shaped. It was door-sized. It was made of wood covered in multiple layers of animal hide, and then it was kind of strapped together or held together around the edges with metal rivets or metal, uh, metal strapping. You would use this type of shield, especially when you were making an assault on the enemy's compound, because in that compound would be archers with arrows. And they would take their arrows and they would wrap fabric or cotton on the end. They would dip it in pitch, light it on fire, and send those flaming arrows from their compound. Extremely deadly. I mean, even if the arrow itself didn't run you through, when it hit nearby, the burning pitch would splatter in all kinds of of direction and catch all kind of different things on fire. Well, the shield, this shield, this thurios, was designed so that the Roman soldier, get this, could get his entire body behind it. So before the battle, here's what would happen. When they knew they were going to go into a battle that needed these shields, they would actually take these shields and they would soak them in water. So if you thought that thing was already heavy just looking at it, can you imagine it totally waterlogged? All those layers of animal hide, and there's just water dripping from it as they're ready to go into battle. And the reason they would do that is because when those flaming arrows would hit the shield, the wet shield would extinguish the fire. The shield wouldn't catch on fire. Paul says, in the spiritual battle, biblical faith will do the same thing. Now, let me explain. The devil knows what our weakness is as Christians. He knows where we're weak. Do you know where our weakness is? Are you ready for this? It's our sinful human flesh. Okay? This, is, this, this tells you, it explains to you why Matthew 26, 41 says this, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. How many of you say, my flesh is so weak? Why is that? Why, even as a Christian, I mean, we, get, we get saved, we find Jesus... And we're like, woo, I'm going to live for the Lord. And then we go, why is this so hard? I'll tell you why. Because of your human flesh. You see, when you got saved, you became spiritually alive. You became a new man on the inside. But that new man now on the inside, guess what, is still housed in a broken body that is still tainted by the curse of sin. And so that's why you feel the tension all the time. Oh, I really want to, I, why can't you feel the tension between your flesh and what the Spirit of God wants to do in your life? And the devil knows that. He understands that. And so, get this, his fiery arrows are aimed at your broken human flesh by way of temptations. Yeah. That's what a fiery arrow is. Let me give you a, a statement here. The fiery arrows of the devil are designed to deceive you into an ungodly response. Okay, you remember, remember in the Garden of Eden, very first time sin happened, devil comes to Eve, and he gets the arrow of doubt ready. Can you really trust arrows in the air coming at her. The devil will do that. Can you really trust God? 
he, 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 he gets arrows, uh, other arrows. There's, there's all kind of arrows. Hey, hey you, know, you know, you can, the philosophies of the world aren't that bad. I mean, there's a lot of good people in the world. I mean, you, you, he, he comes at us with arrows that are meant to hit us where there's fear in our life. Nobody's ever going to love you. If you don't take this opportunity in this relationship, there's never going to be another opportunity. He picks up arrows, and, and he, he tries to shoot them at, at your human sexuality and thoughts and all those kind of things and your lust. How many of you have, can, could admit, there are times when you say, I can't believe I just had that thought in my mind. Now, sometimes that's just your human flesh. Other times, you know what it is? It's a flaming arrow coming at you. Not every perverted thought that you have is your own thought. It's a temptation coming your way. The devil likes to see the hurts in your life. He says, oh, here's a good opportunity, and he gets his flaming arrow. And he says, I, I, I'm going to go after that hurt in their life. Listen, here's what I want you to understand. What Satan wants to do is set your sinful flesh on fire. He wants to set your passions on fire. He wants to set your sexual urges on fire. He wants to set your worries on fire. He wants to set your hurts on fire. He wants to set your pride on fire. He wants to set your anger on fire. Why? To deceive you into an ungodly response. Because he knows if he can deceive you into an ungodly response, he can burn a lot of things down in your life. And if he can get a fire started in your life, he can hopefully get it to spread in other people's lives too. You understand with every temptation, it's not just you that has the possibility of getting burned, but people around you get burned yes. too. Yes. I mean, that's the end goal of the devil's temptations. Listen, the devil, all he needs when that arrow is in the air, he just needs you to step out from your shield. That's all he needs. He just needs an opening. And then he knows that your sinful flesh will do the rest. Your sinful flesh will be like, ooh, fire, come here. I love you, fire. I mean, look what James says. Uh, you know, James chapter 1, verse 14 and 15, you know, devil knows if he can just start one little spark in your life, if your, your human flesh will grab onto it, then it can burn into it. There's kindling in your human flesh. Do you understand that? Look, at it. Look what it says here in James about temptation. Each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. So I want you to think about this for a second. The devil and his cohorts know what's going on in your life. They know about what you're struggling with. They know where your weaknesses are. And all, not all of our weaknesses are the same. How do you know I have different weaknesses than you do? Because I have a different path and a different story and different hurts and different things that have happened to me that I've experienced. And you have different things too. And the devil has been observing you for a long time and he's been doing this with humanity for, for thousands of years. And so he gets his arrow and he gets it just right for how, what, what, what that fire is for you and he shoots it. And when that arrow is in the air hurling towards you and you see it coming, this is when he whispers his lying schemes to you. You can handle this fire. A little bit of sin isn't going to hurt you. 
You can get away with it. Nobody's ever going to know. Everybody's doing it. I mean, stop being so old-fashioned. If it makes you happy, then that's all that really matters. As that arrow's in the air, you know what you're hearing? He's lies, 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 and lies. That's what the fire arrows are. And let me tell you some things that are true about fire. Fire can get out of control quickly. How many of you have ever experienced that somewhere in your life? Campfire, kitchen, oh my goodness, I'm going to burn the house down. Some of us have burned the house down. That wasn't our intention. But fire can burn things down in a heartbeat. It can get out of control. Can I tell you, this happens to people all the time. Temptations come, and they fall to it, and they fell to a temptation at work, and now they've lost their job. Spouses cheat on their Husbands cheat on their wives and wives because they thought, I can handle this. And they got caught in a moment of temptation. And what started out as a little spark has burned all through their family. You, you understand, nobody gets hooked on drugs thinking they can't control it. Everybody goes, I can handle this fire. I can handle this bottle. Nobody responds in anger thinking that they can't control it. When you're angry and the devil says, just go for it, go, get even, you think, when I'm going to march down there and I'm going to get even. And then it's all going to be done after that. And you know what I know and you know? That's not how it works. In fact, we unleash our anger and then there's things we can't get back. And there's things that we've burned down. Fire can get out of control very quickly. The devil will say, you can handle it. Here's the other thing I know, fire can destroy lots of things. Jobs, relationships, marriages, friendships, your peace. Here's the last thing I know, fire can burn for a long time. You understand fire can not just burn in your life, but you, you, you fall to a temptation, and some of you know what I'm talking about because you've been through it, and thank God God has worked in your life, but you made some mistakes in your life, and it burned through your kids, and now it's burning into other generations because a fire was lit somewhere at some time by a flaming arrow. Well, here's the good news. You can extinguish the fiery arrows of the enemy by trusting God. By putting your full weight on what he says and standing firm in it. By standing firm in it. I, I think sometimes we think when it comes to the spiritual battle that the spiritual battle is about I have no problems in my life because I'm winning. That's not what we're talking about. You know what we're talking about? It's tough, but I'm standing firm. I'm angry, but I'm standing firm. Yes. I'm hurt, but I'm standing yes. firm. Yes. I've got all these passions, but I'm standing firm. That girl over in our is hitting me, and I'm hitting on me, and I'm married, and that's how we know it's the devil. Yes. But I'm standing firm. Yes. That man is talking to me, and my husband is not talking to me at home, but I'm standing yes. firm. Amen. That's what it means to stand firm in the yes. battle. And here's the power of the shield of faith. It has the power. To extinguish all, everybody say all. all, all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Yes. 
look at it once again. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. Do you understand this is why you can't live by what you feel or think or sense apart from what God has to say about any issue of life? This is why you are losing the spiritual battle. Because you're living by your flesh and not by the Spirit. Listen, can I just say this? You cannot trust your sinful human flesh. I can't trust my emotions apart from the Word of God. I can't trust my urges apart from the Word of God. I can't trust my sexuality apart from what God has defined it to be. This is why 2 Corinthians chapter 5 tells us, as Christians, we have to learn to live by faith and not by sight. Let me, let me change that a little bit. This is the same analogy. We live by faith and not our feelings. We live by faith and not our emotions. We live by faith and not the opinions and the philosophies of this world. We live by the word of God. And we stand firm on it and put our full weight on it. And when we do that, when we trust God with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding, the word of God becomes a shield that protects us from the schemes of the enemy. Look at Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5. It's the theme verse for this, this sermon. Look at this. Every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. So, we've talked about the definition of faith. You've got to understand what it is. It's putting your full weight on God. It's, it's standing on the promises of God. It's, it's not just faith up here. It's faith in, down here. It's not sitting in faith, it's standing in faith. We talked about the necessity. If you don't have this, this, this going on in your life, then you are, you are not behind your shield and there are arrows coming at you all the time. You are wide open to a fire starting somewhere in your human flesh. It'll lead you down a path that'll burn a lot of things down. You'll never be victorious in the spiritual battle without faith. Now, there's one more thing I'm going to talk to you about before we conclude, and that's the strengtheners of faith. Let me relate this to the shield. The first one is the Spirit of God. One of the wonderful gifts that God has given us as Christians is the Holy Spirit. He's called the Spirit of Truth, right? What did Jesus say the Holy Spirit would come? He would come to live in you as a Christian, and He would guide you into all truth. Okay? He would remind you, remind you, listen, the Holy Spirit wants to help you in the spiritual battle. Now you say, what does this have to do with the shield of faith? Well, one of the things that the soldiers would do with those shields, because they, they wouldn't always be using them in battle. They would bring them out when they would need them. And they're made with animal hide on the outside, basically leather. Do you know what happens to leather when it sits out in the sun for a long time? starts to dry out and it cracks. And so what the soldier would do is he would get his oil out and he would anoint his shield with oil so that his shield would be ready for battle. This is why you need the Holy Spirit's help in your life because he's the strengthener of your faith. There's another strengthener of faith in your life, and that's the Word of God. Yes. Okay? Look, look, look at Romans chapter, chapter 10, verse 17. So faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of, God. Word of God. 
Listen, there are a lot of things the Word of God is compared to in the Bible. One of them is a sword. We're going to talk about that in this series. Okay? One of them is, is bread. Another one is water. And what the Roman soldier would do before battle, what would he do? What I'd already tell you. He would take the sword and he would make sure it was saturated in water and ready. Look what Paul already told us in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 and 26. He was doing that talk on marriage, and he's comparing the, 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 the union of Christ and the church to marriage and husband and wife. And look what he says here. Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. word. Yes. One of the reasons some of us are not in position is because we're not saturated enough with the word of God. This is why you got to read it. you got to keep it in front of you. You need to get to places where you can hear it taught in your life. Because, listen, you can't rely on yesterday's word that you read to sustain you today. Because here's what I know. You forget. And I forget. And I don't care how well you think you know the Bible. There's a new revelation that God's got for you today. And if your, your shield is not saturated, if it's dry, you're in trouble. Because the enemy sees that and goes, I'm going to go for that one right there. And you think you got this, but you haven't been saturated enough in the word. And so because of that, you're not hearing the Holy Spirit's voice as clear as you should. And you're not ready for that arrow. So the strengtheners of our faith, the Holy Spirit, the word, of, the spirit of God, the word of God. And here's the last one, the people of God. The people of God. Do you understand you are never meant to do church alone? You're not meant to do Christianity alone. Go ahead and put the last image up there. <laughs> Enough said, right? Yeah. This is what they would actually do. Because there's arrows coming from all directions. And sometimes I need somebody else's shield to help me out. I need somebody else's faith to help me out. This is why we do things like connect groups. This is why you need to get involved with more than just coming to church. This is why you, you got to go to things and be involved in things and have relationships with people who know Jesus because you're going to need their faith to help you at times in your life. Because there's times when, listen, when I go through life, my emotions get skewed. My ears get clogged up. I'm not always hearing the Holy Spirit. How many of you ever had experiences as a Christian where you thought you knew what to do and you're like, I think God wants me to do that and you go do it and then months later you go, that was not the Holy Spirit. You need somebody to say, can I talk to you for a second? I know what you're thinking. That person is danger in your life. You need to be careful. I don't think that's a godly relationship. I don't think what you're thinking about doing here is what God wants you to do. And so I want to remind you what the Word of God says. This is why your Christianity is meant to be lived out in community. If you're not part of a connect group, sign up, get a part of one. Meet people, get involved. You're going to need those people in your life. And you say, I don't need them today, but you will. You will. Because there's lots of arrows coming from all kinds of directions. And their strengths in numbers. First Peter says, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. You've heard me say this before, but you turn on the nature channel, pack a wildebeest go by. The straggler, apart from the herd, is the one that the lion attacks. 
strengtheners of your faith. And your faith is strong. There's protection from you. And that protection comes from God himself. You gotta have your shield up. You gotta have it in place. And it's capable of extinguishing all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me as we close? As we close, I feel in my spirit this, that there are some of you that you're just not on the right path. You know it. You know it. And can I just say this? The Lord loves you. And there's some of you that you've created fires in your life, but here's the good news. God is an God is a expert firefighter. If you'll trust him. If you'll put your faith in him, if you'll trust him, he can not only put out the fire, but he can restore and bring healing to the destruction that's been in your life. But it comes by way of faith, and putting your faith, putting your full weight in the promises of God, in the word of God, in the path that God has for your life. And so if there's any area in your life that is just not on the right path, would you say, God, I, I turn and I get on the right path this morning. I repent, I'm sorry. I put my feet back on the right path that you would have for me. That's where victory is gonna be found. That's where God's very best is gonna be found. That's where healing in your life is gonna be found. And that's where protection is gonna be found. You gotta put your full weight on the promises of God. And it's okay if it feels scary. It's okay if you don't understand everything. It's okay if everybody, your flesh wants to go the other way. It's okay. You say, I don't care what my flesh is saying. What, care, what I care more about is what God's saying. And you live by the spirit, not by the flesh. I think, I think also too, one of the things that the Lord is saying to some of you is that you just need to be on your guard. You need to be on your guard. Because the enemy is after you. And you need to have your shield up. And he's trying to warn you because there's arrows coming your way right now and you can stop some of the things that the devil wants to bring in your life right now if you get your shield up. If you get your shield up, in the name of Jesus, the Lord will help protect you. But here's the deal, the choice is gonna be yours. God will always do his end and be faithful to do what he does. He brings victory. He brings blessing. It's our job to walk by faith. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for your word this morning. Lord, I thank you that your word is flawless, that you yourself are a shield for those that put their full weight on you. Lord, I just pray in the name of Jesus that there's any area in our life where we're not doing that. I pray right now that we would understand the importance of it. That we would get our shields up. And that we would be battle ready in the name of Jesus and ready to take our stand to quench any of the flaming arrows that the enemy sends towards us. Lord, help us to walk in victory. Help us to be saturated. Help us to remember as we leave this place how important it is to be saturated by the Spirit of God and the Word of God. 
with the people of God. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we love you. Lord, we thank you. In the name of Jesus. We all said together, amen. Amen. All right, one more shameless commercial. If you're not part of a group, you need to get part of a group. Don't forget about camp sign-up. Parents, if you're going to get your kids to camp, get signed up. Next week, we're going to talk about the helmet. You're going to need a helmet for the spiritual battle. I'm going to ask our prayer partners to come up at this time. If you have a need in your life, you need prayer over, you need healing in your life, somebody else has a need that you want to pray for them, or if you've never given your life to Jesus, we'd love to lead you in, in, in connecting with Jesus. Come up and see us. The rest of you, God bless you. Go out, have your shields up in the name of Jesus.